on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, July 8th. LA Galaxy coming off a 3-1 victory over, we're going to say it, a bad, bad Dallas team. Horrible Dallas team. That doesn't matter because we're going to talk about it. We're going to tell you what we can take from this. Are we learning something about this LA Galaxy team? I feel like I am. We're also going to talk about some of the contract extensions that were signed Julian Araujo. Maybe Efrain Alvarez next to get this uh, U22 contract extension. So some fun things in the rules there. Also, transfer information that I have for you. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. Um, just a little insight in what's the LA Galaxy doing. A big uh, departure today for the LA Galaxy as well. The LA Galaxy Academy Director left. We're going to talk about him. Uh, talk, tell you what some of the people uh, in the front office had to say whenever he left as well and where he's going. So a lot to get to as you as you may have understood. As you may have already figured out, uh, I am I am solo tonight. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's coming up a 10-day break, so I figured if, you know, if any time was going to be a good time to do a solo show, this would be a good time to do it. Just you, me, the the, the listeners, we're, we're all here. We all get to listen. Uh, if you're in the chat room, I expect that you are, uh, you're locked and loaded and ready to go. Um, so, uh, you know, chat room, you're going to be my, my conscience tonight, all right? You're going to tell me when I'm off, out of base. You're going to tell me whenever I'm crazy. You're going to tell me everything about tonight chat room you're there and Aaron by the way five dollars uh, already in the super chat says I'm just here to read the comments for those who say Cabral sucks yeah kind of I mean you know I don't know what everybody was panicking about he was getting in the right positions he just wasn't finishing right this was this was this was a matter of time um and so you know it's it's one of those it's one of those things I thought that was fairly evident that we were going to see something from him. Um, and and I think we did. I think we saw a, a little taste. Again, let, let's preface everything that we sort of talk about tonight by saying Dallas is a horrible team. Um, you know, 12th in the Western Conference, I believe, last time I checked. They may have even dropped further whenever uh, after the last game. I didn't. I don't think I checked it after the last game. Um, I have those standings for you. We're going to go over that stuff. Um, but when you, you look at it, 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 it almost doesn't matter. I'm going to be very clear about this. Um, Dallas can be a horrible team which they are. We all agree that. Um, and what I'm going to tell you is that even though they're a horrible team, 
the LA Galaxy kept the same intensity against Sporting Kansas City in the first half that they did against Dallas. So it almost doesn't matter who the LA Galaxy are playing. How many times have we seen comments about the LA Galaxy playing down to their opponents, right? We hear it all the time. Oh, they don't beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Guess what? This year, beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Guess what? This year, the teams that they're supposed to beat badly, they dominate. And they dominated Dallas. You can say the first half for sure. Second half, again, the Galaxy still have some learning to do. Um, but yeah, we have a, we have a, we, they, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Um, and so the LA galaxy are doing okay. Kevin Cabral is doing just fine. Um, David already trying to slander Kevin Cabral says, saying apart from the goal, Cabral had pretty bad passing and some bad controls though. Uh, he's an attacking player. He takes people one-on-one. He is going to have low probability of connecting passes and he's going to have low probability of getting by people that's a that's that's an offensive player and then of course the other part about this is uh with kevin cabral is that he also had a beautiful header and a beautiful pass i think from victor vasquez early in the game just before the 10th minute um where he went in and, and put a header in and everybody thought that was going to be a goal too so it wasn't just the goal um, he was a very, he did very well. He was in good positions. Uh, if you notice, there was a whole bunch of central, uh, things, you know, I, I'm, ju- I'm jumping ahead already. I, we need to get this in order because the LA galaxy did some things even before this game. And I, and I try to do this in chronological order, mostly so my head doesn't get, you know, completely wacky. And if you're watching on the live show, yeah, I got my Roy Kent, uh, uh, AFC Richmond uh, jersey on tonight, you know, uh, season two, Ted Lasso. I feel like they should be paying me for all of the promos that we do on the show. But season two, Ted Lasso comes out on July 23rd. You'll remember it's July 23rd because that's my birthday. That's the easy way to remember. You always remember it from here on out. So um, but they did stuff, you know, in in chronological order here. Um, and so let's let's talk about it. The LA Galaxy made two moves before this. We knew that there was a short bench, right? Um, there were 10 players missing from the LA Galaxy roster, whether that was international duty, where there are four players on international duty. Now there's five technically with Special and Jet uh, leaving, headed to the U.S. Men's National Team for the Gold Cup. Um, and then there were uh, five injured players. Um, and then there was one suspended player with who he is now back. Technically speaking, Derek Williams is now off a of suspension. All right, because he was suspended through this last game. He's done, so you can expect on July 17th, whenever the LA Galaxy travel to, uh, well, we're going to say it's Vancouver, although the Canadian teams are making a bunch of moves right now um, that uh, that signal that perhaps they are getting ready to head back. But as of right now, that July 17th game still in Vancouver, um, or excuse me, still in Salt Lake City, uh, where Vancouver is playing their games right now in the United States. So uh, they'll be headed there. And then remember, that's back-to-back games there where they also play Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake is one of the better teams in the Western Conference. It's something to watch. Uh, the LA Galaxy, I believe, still don't have a win against a winning record team. Um, that may have changed. We're sort of tracking some of that, but you look at the losses that they have and, and you sort of feel comfortable. But anyway, short bench. We knew there was going to be a short bench. Um, and so one of the things the LA Galaxy did was they went ahead and signed a player um, to technically, I guess you could call it a four-year contract. That's a long time. Uh, of course, it's a one-year contract with three options, so it's not really a four-year contract. But Daniel Aguirre, you'll remember Aguirre uh, was, uh, was a trialist uh, for the LA Galaxy in the preseason was one of the better players on the field from some of those preseason games whenever they were playing in Tucson um, and, and made a good impression, eventually signed to LA Galaxy too. Well, the LA Galaxy said, you know what? We're going to sign you to the senior team. Aguirre now is a senior team player. That's significant. I don't know that he's going to spend a ton of time up with the LA Galaxy this year, but he is on an MLS contract, okay? 
That's different whenever you look at Josh Drack. You remember Josh Drack was uh, the 16th overall uh, draft pick by the LA Galaxy um, in the Super Draft. Um, and he came in as a converted striker. So he he was a striker, and now he's converted to a defender. And Drack got called up on an extreme hardship loan, basically to sit at the end of the bench. Although uh, Aguirre, um, uh, Drack, uh, Augie Williams all made their MLS debuts as well um, late in the game for the LA Galaxy. So all of that is good there. But it really is... Um, it really is a different thing whenever you see that they're hitching their wagon sort of to, to Aguirre, who was very good. And every time we've seen him play, whether that's with LA Galaxy 2 or with LA Galaxy, he's looked comfortable. He has never looked uncomfortable in any professional situation he's been in. And if I, my, my, my memory serves me correctly, he had hopped around to some other, I think, USL teams and some other lower level teams. So he is not a, you know, unknown professional, you know, commodity. But uh, for whatever reason, he seems to have found a... Um, you know, a, a, a home with the LA galaxy. Right. So, um, it's, it's important to note that they went and signed him to an MLS contract, which is different than just doing an extreme hardship loan. Okay. That is, that's those, those are two different things. An extreme hardship loan is a short-term loan. It's allowed under league rules. Basically they're saying you don't have enough players. So you're allowed to call up people under this extreme in a short-term capacity. That's not what Aguirre did. And I need to make that very clear because I think people are sort of just brushing over it, right? They're saying, Oh, he was just brought in as an emergency. Yes. No. Yes. He was brought in for an emergency, but they could have extreme hardship loaned him if they really wanted to make it short, but instead they wanted to lock him up at least for this year. Um, so anyway, Aguirre on there, uh, Josh Drack calls up. So that is, is what happens. And what do you know? They make the bench mostly because, uh, the bench was, uh, was short. There was nobody available. Uh, we talked about the 10 players who were absent, um, from, uh, from the LA galaxy. Now it's funny because we say that. And then like you, you look at the lineup and really the lineup's almost unchanged from last, um, from the starting lineup of last week, um, excuse me on Sunday, whenever the galaxy lost to sporting Kansas city, really with the, um, sort of additions of, uh, of uh, uh, revolution going back into center back. Um, and then you had, you know, Sega Koulibaly who was out injured. I mean, for the most part, there's kind of the same same thing there. So really, even though you're missing 10 guys, the lineups didn't change all that much from, from game to game. It was funny, Greg Vanny was talking after the game and he goes, you know, um, he, he sort of, I think he, he for a second just went big picture on everything. And he was like, I'm pretty proud of the way the guys have been playing considering that you know, they haven't had consecutive like back-to-back lineups. The, I, I don't, and I don't think they have. I don't think they've started the same lineup twice in the first 12 games. Um, so uh, it's this is all very interesting stuff whenever you look at how, you know, sort of the, the LA Galaxy are, are putting themselves together. But, you know, Vanny has sort of given that next man up mentality to this team. Um, this team has has a different makeup, a different mindset than anything we've sort of seen. So going into this game, right, Ethan Zubak starts up top. That wasn't a surprise. Uh, we considered that. Uh, there is a surprise with Augie Williams. I'll, I'll talk about that probably a little bit later. Um, but Kevin Cabral on the left-hand side. Uh, Sam Grancier on the right-hand side. You had Vasquez, Kleshner, and Jet in the center. And I love everything about that center. Um, I think that whenever uh, Revolution is able to come back and play in his preferred you know, CDM, that central defensive midfielder spot there, Kleshner probably goes to the bench. And then I really like Revolution, Vasquez, and Leggett. We were having a discussion in the Discord about what you... Like, okay, so now J- Jonathan Dos Santos. Let's say Jonathan Dos Santos comes back from Mexico. He's actually healthy. He wants to play. You going to sit Revolution? Who who sits down? Who sits down? You're going to sit Sebastian Leggett? You're going to sit Victor Vasquez? Um... And that's an that's an interesting thing, um, you know, trying to figure that out, because 
if you've watched anything of Victor Vasquez with the LA Galaxy so far, especially whenever he starts, he is like having another coach on the field and he understands better than anybody else, um, you know, sort of what Greg Vanny wants. And he's able to pick apart offenses. Uh, he causes problems. He causes problems against Sporting Kansas City. He caused problems against Dallas. Um, and so, you know, how are you going to progress this? It's not a, it's not an issue the LA Galaxy are going to have right away. So it's something that, you know, you still sort of get to kick down. But whenever you look at this, um, you, you can't, you know, you can't sit there and say, you know, Vasquez automatically goes to the bench. Some people said, hey, we'll bring him on in the last 30 minutes. And, you know, hey, that w-. there's going to be rotation in that middle is what I'm trying to get to. But the the guy who has, uh, let's see, uh, played uh, two games uh, already with the LA Galaxy Revolution has been a revelation. Um, I was waiting for that joke, just in case you're wondering. Uh, revolution is is a it has has been a a you know a guy who comes in and and doesn't seem to mind this change in scenery at all. It's super comfortable. Um, he's been frustrating defenses for two games. He played center back. Uh, I think it's hysterical, by the way, that Greg Vanny, we're all talking about whenever he signed, whenever Ryan signed, uh, we asked Greg about him and, you know, everybody was trying to figure out how to say his last name. Um, and he was saying, you know, hey, um, this guy can play center back, too. And we're like, yeah, 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 that's that's it. That's that's what it is. Um, you know, this guy, this guy can play center back. We, we don't care because he's going to play central defensive midfielder. He's never going to have to um you know, play center back. Look at how many center backs the LA Galaxy have. They got Derek Williams. They got Dan Stairs. They got Nick DePew. They got People Gonzalez. They got Jalen Neal. Look how many center backs they have. Yeah. Uh, and then this guy comes in and he plays center back. And by the way, one of the better center backs the LA Galaxy have had this season. Um, absolutely. Uh, maybe second best. Maybe second best behind Derek Williams, uh, whenever you look at it. So, um, you know, it's just, it's it's interesting to see him play in this position and be so dominant. And he was dominant against Sporting Kansas City whenever he played there for the most part. Uh, the Galaxy lost something in the midfield, obviously, whenever uh, Revolution is not there. Uh, so so it's, it's this weird sort of thing where he's going to eventually slot into that midfield. And how are you going to accommodate all the best players on the field? You know, are Cabral and Grant Sear going to go up and play, you know, a four, in a 4-4-2 and Zubak is going to go to the bench and you're going to bring in, you know, Revolution and he's going to sit, you know, in behind, in next to Jonathan Dos Santos with Legette and Vasquez on the wings and everything sort of trying to move out. Um, so anyway, so that's that's sort of where we had Jonathan Bond and Goal, Viafania, Depew, uh, Revolution and Araujo. By the way, Julian Araujo continues to be one of the highest rated right backs in Major League Soccer this year. Full stop. Uh, He may be the best right back in Major League Soccer this year. I was talking with somebody in the LA Galaxy uh, front office and I'm like, Julian Araujo, I I go, is there somebody better at right back? Um, And they're like, in our mind, no. There isn't, not in Major League Soccer. Uh, so anyway, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff in this that the, the fact that the LA Galaxy right now, I mean, you know, we were playing a game in the Discord. Last year, you could always pick the starting lineup. You know why? Because they could barely get 11 guys who, who you know, you sort of thought were the starters, right? You were like, there are some guys in here that are going to start and you're not necessarily happy about it. Now look at this. Try to fit, try to fit it. Get your 11 best players on the field. And what happens whenever that happens? Does Jonathan Dos Santos go to the bench? I don't I don't blame you if you if you make that, you know, um, Jonathan Dos Santos is on the edge of becoming expendable and I'm not quite there. I think some people are already there saying, oh, he's gone. Um, But at the same time, come on, this is this is a guy who has not been healthy for very long. He's good in spurts, but he has never been sort of the dominant force outside of what, 2019, Um, whenever he played with Zlatan. Outside of that, has Jonathan Dos Santos been good enough? to be a designated player for the LA Galaxy. 
um, you know, that's that's something you sort of have to keep looking at. Um, yeah, Aaron points out, Viafania has been solid. Pam is in the chat room saying, you know, Julian's outside of the boot touch and then pass to Sam was uh, was so good. It was. I mean, listen, again, we're going to, let's say it, let's say it for what, the third or fourth time? Um, Dallas is horrible, all right? I was talking with my uh, my good friend, John Arnold, uh, who covers uh, teams in Texas, and, and he was in the press box. Um, absolutely love that guy. If you follow, don't follow uh, Arnold, comma, John uh, is his Twitter. If you don't, you're missing out. Has some incredible CONCACAF insights. Um, you know, doesn't, isn't just always about Mexico and the United States. Um, covers some of the other teams. So that way you can actually, you know, figure out who, who some of the bigger teams are playing, that type of thing. But I was asking John about it and he goes, you know, Luchi Gonzalez, who's the head coach for FC Dallas, likes to play beautiful soccer. And he's not going to stray from that. And I think because of that and because of the guys that they have, and remember this FC Dallas used to be a team that would sprinkle in all their youth players, but have a couple of those like super high value in terms of, you know, they didn't pay a whole bunch of money for them, but they got a whole bunch of, uh, of effort out of them guys um, that used to come from, you know, Central America or South America um, and, and come up and play for FC. They don't have that right now. They are a skeleton of themselves. They deserve to be where they're at. And, and Lucha Gonzalez is trying to, you know, figure out what this team is. And I think that maybe his style isn't going to fit the the verticality for FC Dallas. When did FC Dallas become good? One, when Victor Vasquez out and Adam Saldana came in. That's That has sort of been a trend, but it is what it is uh, in this game. Um, but a ball over the top. You know, a, str- a simple ball being being vertical with it was where Dallas sort of thrived and where the LA Galaxy had the most problems. And listen, Revolution had a difficult time. I think that ball was directly over his head, um, which is so hard to get an angle on and to even come into. Right. Um, so we, we look at that and say that was a difficult play. And that's the one that Dallas did. And I think Jonathan Bonham was probably in the wrong spot on that as well. A little you had one breakdown, you give up gold. It's pretty. That is an LA Galaxy story. Having said that, they're up three to nothing at the time. It doesn't really matter. Um, so you can take that away from it, but this LA galaxy team first half, let's talk about the first half and just the first half for a second. Dominant, absolutely dominant. Do you know, Vancouver only got one shot off, not a shot on goal, only one shot off. It was an extra time or excuse me. It was an added time of the first half. It was, it was, uh, one of the shots and that was it. That was all they got. All right. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. Uh, shots on target in the first half for uh, for FC Dallas zero shots off target one. You know the the uh, the full time shots on target ended up being five because they got five uh, shots on target in the second half. They had twelve total shots in the second half. FC Dallas grew into that as the LA Galaxy sort of just tried to stymie them a little bit. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean this is this is what it, this is where we're at. Um, Aaron's asking me what the possession was in the first half. Let me see if I can find first half possession for you. Uh, not as lopsided as you'd expect. Uh, 56.9 for the LA Galaxy in the first half to 43.1 for FC Dallas. Um, so, you know, this is... It, it, here, the big deal is that that the LA Galaxy strung passes together, that they frustrated Dallas, that they pressed and counter-pressed, and, and they sort of came at everything in, in a different look. Um, and then, you know, overall, the LA Galaxy get a 54% possession, you know, uh, total, uh, you know, 11 shots on goal um, to 11. It was basically 11 and 5, 11 and 5, um, because the second half was more slanted. But the LA Galaxy still had shots on goal. They had, you know, Ethan Zubak jumped on a uh, on a horrible, horrible, unbelievably bad 
uh, Hollingshead uh, back pass to, to Maurer, the goalkeeper there. And that was just, I mean, again, FC Dallas was really bad. And you have to look at that and say they were bad and you have to acknowledge that, okay? But let's talk about the effort the LA Galaxy put into that first half. Tell me that you could tell the difference between the effort in the first half of the Sporting Kansas City game and the effort in the FC Dallas game, the first half of the FC Dallas game. The answer is you can't because they were identical. Um, which shows you, again, not playing down to the opponent. Uh, all right? Um, the LA Galaxy absolutely smashed Dallas across the face. They, they just went after them. They decided that they weren't going to let them breathe, and then they kept their foot down. Um, you know, we talked about, uh, about uh, Cabral almost getting the header, and then you get Revolution. The LA Galaxy's first set-piece goal of 2021 comes in off a corner, Victor Vasquez. Uh, Revolution gets it, puts it in the back of the net. There you go. You're up one nothing. Everybody and and everybody's feeling good. Um, you know that's the type of thing that we talk about. This LA Galaxy team so much is not suffering in these moments, right? And when I mean not suffering, it means that you take advantage of the chances that you had and how many chances they have against Sporting Kansas City. That's why I get upset with people who want to try to downplay the win against FC Dallas whenever you can see the same tactics, um, the same general style of play. And the same execution, really, um, outside of the final ball. I mean, LA Galaxy got extremely unlucky, <laughs> unlucky against Sporting Kansas City. Okay, extremely unlucky. Uh, if Adam Saldana doesn't boot that ball, they walk away with a you know with a point in it because they executed correctly. The ball just didn't find the back of the net. And here you have a game where the ball did find the back of the net. Revolution, I think, had 107 minutes on the field total for the LA Galaxy before he scored a goal. Um, I said as soon as he scored, and uh, you can check my timeline on Twitter. I said, this is perfect for Kevin Cabral. Uh, Revolution just took everything, took all the pressure off of Cabral. They, he said, we're winning one nothing now. You don't have to be the guy who scores. You know, same with Zubak. We're winning one nothing now. You don't have to be the guy who scores. Go out and play your game and get it. And what did we see from Kevin Cabral? But you see him, you know, first of all, what a great run by Sebastian Legette to come into that side on the right-hand side um, and put a great cross in. It was a perfect, it was the type of cross that we see Sebastian Legette make whenever he's with the U.S. men's national team. May have been one of the Legette's best games played for the LA Galaxy, and he was in a more advanced position. You could see it. Interesting note as well, Kevin Cabral drifting into the center a lot in this game. So in some cases, you had Zubak and Cabral sort of being in a two-man formation up top. Um, you know, certainly in the attack, it was a three-man back line uh, with Fania tending to stay home but still shading up on that left-hand side. Um, and you know, that, that again, Dallas didn't really have an answer for that. And then it was Kleshton and Vasquez and Legette turning them inside out, especially Vasquez. Um, he does such a good job of drawing defenders towards him and then finding space inside. But look at where Cabral kept cutting, kept cutting inside, kept cutting inside. He was in the center for most of this game. Um, and, and Evan points it out in the chat room perfectly well. Cabral's finish and run was so calm. Everything was perfect. That's exactly what he needed. He didn't need to think about it. It was hit hard enough. He didn't need to think about it. Right. And then he gets a goal, uh, which is, which is what he, listen, you, you need to have that. All right. You absolutely need to have that for this guy. Okay. This is important. This is the type of stuff that frees minds that makes everybody, that everybody around him to be like, yeah, this kid, he's okay. He's okay. He's going to be fine. Right. And then you had Grand Sieur. I swear that ball that went off the crossbar, um, you know, I was joking after Cabral scored. I said, if you speak French, uh, you might be scoring a goal in this game. And the Grand Sierra hits the crossbar like, you know, a couple minutes later. Um, that guy's going to get a goal. Technically speaking, he did do something I've never seen before in a, in a soccer game. And I pulled the other um, 
the other reporters around me and ask them if they saw it too, just to understand how weird. I have never seen this. Maybe we've all seen a lot of games, right? Listeners, we've all seen a lot of games. Um, reporters, I think, have sometimes have have a whole bunch of games in the back in their back pocket because we go and we cover games and that's what we do. And so we've seen all sorts of different games. Have you ever seen anybody score a goal with a ball that wasn't the ball in play? I haven't. I'm 100% telling you right now. I have not I have not seen that. That was that was something new for me. Um so the ball comes in, there's two balls in play and some people are like, "Well, doesn't the referee have to don't they have to um to uh you know, stop the play whenever that happens only if the other ball is is interfering in play and at the time it wasn't. So Cabral gets the ball from about, you know, 35 yards out I think it just hits a left-footed little curler into the net. Play, the uh, the whole south end goes goes wild. Uh, it was pretty funny, but you know that guy was a guy who definitely needs a score goal. Um, he's working so hard for it. And remember, everybody wanted to ship uh, ship uh, Grinchier out, right? You you guys, I remember in the chat room. Oh, he's trash. Him and Cabral, they're both trash. They need to go. And yet you could see Grinchier getting better and better and better and better. Right. And so things were continuing. You're like, I can see the progression. Same thing happened with Cabral. You could see him getting in the right spots. You could see him. He was just missing everything. It was so close. And he couldn't put it away. That's okay. That's Grinser's going to get it. Grinser's he's, he's going to get it. And he is currently one of the most active players on that field. He, everybody was saying, oh, well, he, he's not game fit and he can't run for as long as, hey, hush up. He's, he's showing you again and again now. He needed some time to settle in. He needed some time to get into game shape. He's in game shape now. He can pretty much run for 75, 80 minutes, and he can do it at a pace which is which is troubling to opposition defenses. Dallas had no answer for him. Dallas, can you, I mean, let's let's just think about this from the opposing defense side, right? Left-sided uh, fullbacks, right? You're, you're in the back. You're there. Uh, you have to mark Grant Shearer coming in. You have to mark um, Julian Araujo on the overlap. So whenever Grant Shearer cuts in, and you see Araujo moving to the outside. Which way are you going to go? You're going to cut in. So as soon as you cut in, Grant Sears flips the ball outside of Julian Araujo. Now Julian Araujo has the speed um, to, to take you on and, and, and dump you uh, wherever he wants to. Um, you know, then Grant Sears decides to hold the ball and come inside. Now he can hit it with his left foot, which he did um, on some of these. I am a big fan of how versatile this LA Galaxy team is and how many positions they can play and how... You can already see it. They're starting to float in the space. I, 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 I knew Greg Vanny had done a wonderful job. Um, by the way, I have to, I have to answer this. Francisco says, what are you implying, Josh, that galaxy fans tend to overreact? Yes. Uh-huh. hundred percent. Absolutely. hundred percent overreact all the time. Um, give these guys times. And by the way, do you know how long Kevin Cabral has to get acclimated to major league soccer? He has like two or three years. I know, I know some people just fell over and clutched their chest. We can never wait that long. Yes, you can. He's on a five-year deal. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You have to wait. He's a young kid. Let him develop. But guess what? He can score. He can play. Right? He's got to get, I think, a little more physical. I think he still needs to be a little bit more decisive. Like, I just want to see him go. And you can see Greg Vanny. If you want to know when Greg gets upset, it's when he puts his hands on his hips on the sideline. All right? That's, that's, his, that's his tell. Um, Greg Vanny, whenever he puts his hands on his hips on the sideline, that's whenever it goes. But I mean, again, go over this roster. Tell me who had a bad game on this. Zubak? Zubak scored a goal. He worked his butt off, right? He was gifted that goal, but he worked his butt off. And I think that that's something, and I even asked him about it, and maybe that's why I'm a little biased towards this answer, but he works so hard. I think he knows he's not, you know, obviously, he knows he's not Chicharito. 
He knows. He knows he's not, you know, even Kevin Cabral or, you know, Sam Grancieux, right? Um, he knows that he's Ethan Zubak and he has to work really, really hard. Um, and so, you know what? He got, he got a goal. And, and that's huge for his confidence. Huge for his confidence in what he was doing. Um, I thought in the second half, the LA Galaxy with without Vasquez in there are a lesser team. Adam Saldana gives up too much space. He's not as much of a bulldog in there. Um, it looks like Carlos Harvey, I think if I check the roster, he actually is on a loan down. So perhaps um, that's a way of opening some different things um, for roster wise. I'll have to double check on everything. But Harvey's not in this conversation right now. Um, so that's not happening. Um, Depew, I thought had a decent enough game. I think he got a header on one of the set pieces and it looked like maybe he was going to have a chance at, at scoring a goal. Viafania had a good game. Jonathan Bond, it was quiet for most part for him. He had to make some saves. None of them were particularly difficult. He got torched on the one, you know, big play that, that Dallas was able to string together. So, um, that's sort of where you're, where you're at with that. So, um, for me, uh, LA galaxy watching them play uh, again, we can all agree. Dallas is horrible. All right. We know that uh, we could see it, but look at that first half and tell me that there's any difference between that sporting Kansas city game. And so if sporting Kansas city is one of the best teams in major league soccer, um, then I feel like the LA galaxy are right near that top MLS power rankings uh, said something weird. And the only reason I'll bring it up is because they, they had them in the right spot. I think around six or seven um, is probably pretty close. Although new England dropped to Toronto and you have to punish them for that. Um, so maybe they, they jump up a couple spots there whenever that happens. Um, but they said the galaxy are who we thought they were. Um, and they were talking about like capitulating, um, and giving up a goal against sporting Kansas city late. Like that is a hallmark of the LA galaxy team. And that's really not the case. I know the galaxy have given up late goals. I know that they have conceded at times when they shouldn't have conceded. Look at the Vancouver game, um, where Efrain Alvarez had to bail everybody out. Right. Um, there's a tendency for that, but also this galaxy defense is not as bad as the goals against have sort of shown. I mean, one ball gets hit over the top. How many times have we seen just weird sort of bounces and weird things happen to this LA galaxy defense? So have faith in this LA galaxy defense. I think that as they're going on, they're going to get more and more stingy. All right. Um, and so, yeah, you know, uh, Thomas is saying, you know, uh, SKC didn't look like a top two team. I mean, is that the case? Do you think that's the case? Or do you think that perhaps it is that the LA Galaxy are a good team? Um, and MLS said, like, they are who we thought they were, which is, you know, fun for them to say. Um, but at the same time, it's, oh, so you thought the LA Galaxy were a top five team in the Western Conference? If I told you the LA Galaxy were a top five team in the Western Conference at the beginning of this year, you would stop listening to this podcast. Right? Because that would be a ridiculous claim. Who are these guys that Greg Vanny signed? I mean, there's a lot of guys returning too. So who are these guys? What is going on? Are, are any of these guys going to work out? The answer is, yeah, it looks like they're going to work out, right? Um, and then you get into the whole, you know, starting lineup and who, who they, I mean, you, it's fun to play. It's a fun game. And I would caution everybody from if you're going to play this game, but if you want to play the LA galaxy, once they get totally healthy, they're going to be great. I caution you, there's no guarantee the LA Galaxy will ever be totally healthy. All right? Um, and so be comforted in the fact that when guys go down, 
that the Galaxy can still put a lineup out that looks like this. Uh, Sebastian Legette will be gone for the next game, that July 17th game, so he won't be back. Williams will be available. Sega Koulibaly, possibly. Dan Steris, possibly. Chicharito, possibly. Um, I do expect that over the next 10 days, you are going to see some guys sort of making their way back um, to this team. As we as we get closer to that July uh, 17th game. So uh, again, uh, 10 days off, still four games to play in this month. Played two already, have 10 days off, four games left. Um, so this is still going to be a, uh, a great thing. Um, let's see. I wanted to get to some of Greg Vanny's stuff. Um, and... Um Let's see. Let's let's get his overall thoughts on uh, on the game against uh, FC Dallas because I think he makes some important points. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the first half, especially, I thought the ball movement was good. I thought uh, the guys played with intention, the purpose to get behind, to to attack, uh, create chances. Um, some, a lot of similarities to the last game, except for we put the ball in the back of the net and we rewarded ourselves for the opportunities that were created. Um, great to finally get one off of a set piece. Um, you know, Ryan comes in and works hard to get to that ball and, and buries it, which was, was good. Kevin had a great header early in the game off of a fantastic run um, and a ball in that the goalkeeper makes a fantastic save. But, um, you know, great for him to <clears throat> to actually put one away. I know he's felt a little bit of pressure and, and been feeling sort of the mounting pressure of not finishing, not getting some of these chances uh, put away that he's wanted. And, uh, had a little word with him yesterday about just relaxing in, in his mind and, and when the moment gets there to, you know, just see the goal and put it in the goal. And he had a he got to a great spot and it was a great cutback cross that he just, you know, he drove and steered it into the right spot. So I was really happy for him just because I know how hard he and how much he's wanted that one um, to get him on the scoreboard. So Sam had some great chances uh, where he was just a little off or a little unfortunate not to put one in the back of the net. But I thought the first half was was well played and and the rewards were there because of uh because of the way we played the second half it was good to get that third goal a little bit against the play um a little bit of just uh you know some hard work from ethan to to track one down put this center back under a little bit of pressure uh makes a, a misplay to the goalkeeper and he just because he put in the shift he he got the opportunity to put it away and that was that was an important goal because it i think allowed the guys to to steady and, and just kind of see out the half, you know, and, and defend a little bit. And we, we weren't great with the ball. I think a little bit of that is tired legs and, and against an opposition who was a little bit desperate and pressing and we weren't moving as fast as they were. Uh, and so uh, sometimes we were making some, some what I thought were tired mistakes. But in the end, um, great effort just to see the game out by the guys and, and a tough turnaround and uh, a good bounce back from the game the other day. All right, there you go. A little Greg Vanny in, a, in our post-game conversation with the coach. Uh, he was in good spirits. Um, I'll tell you, surprised that he played Augie Williams. Um, also, uh, I think he played me well on that. Um, I was like, there's no way, um, absolutely zero chance that uh, Augie Williams is ever going to play in this game after what was said after the uh, the Sporting Kansas City game. So, Greg Vanny, good on you. Uh, you got me. You got me. Uh, and, and so, he's a motivational guy. Um, I think I understood that. I just didn't know if he was going to allow it. Um, to come around in that sort of way. So, um, yeah, that's that's sort of where we sit with that game um, and and this LA Galaxy team. Um, when we look at the home points, I, I think that's important to sort of look at. Uh, their average uh, across all of LA Galaxy seasons is about 1.90 points per game on average, uh, averaging now 2.14 points per game at home. And you have, you know, the Seattle loss, the Sporting Kansas City loss, both games that I think the Galaxy played well in. Um, so when you look at how the Galaxy have played at home and... 
Uh, I'm going to make this distinction because I think Sophie and I were having a discussion about this today on Twitter, which was sort of like, she's like, it doesn't matter how they played, they lost. And I'm like, that matters in, in you know, maybe at the end of the season. Um, but if you're going to do that, why watch the game? Why figure out, why try to figure out and anticipate how this LA Galaxy team is going to do if you're not watching how they play during this? I've seen the LA Galaxy win games they had no business winning. And I've seen them lose games they have no business losing. But what's the overall trend for this LA Galaxy team? I mean, do you want to put it in numbers right now? I think we should put it in numbers. Let's put it in numbers a little bit. Uh, I did a chart. Basically, it's 2011 to present, all right? And the reason I did is I, I kind of wanted to separate out some of the noise that we have in a lot of ways. And 2010 is an important year, and I'll go back and talk about it. But um, since 2011, uh, through 12 games, the LA Galaxy have never uh, had a, a point total this high since 2011. This is the best start in the first 12 games of the season since 2011. Um, it's going to be, as we'll look at it, it's going to be the second best start by an LA Galaxy team since 2010 and the second best start for an LA Galaxy team outside of the shootout era. All right. Um, because if you look at 1996 was 32 points. All right. 1998 was 28 points. Um, and in 2010, the team that we were telling about, it was 32 points. It was tied with the 1996 team. That 2010 team was special. Uh, remember balanced schedule in 2010 and 2011, the LA Galaxy won supporter shields both years. Um, 32 points from 12 games in 2010. The next spec season that's not a shootout era team is this 2021 team. Um, if you want to go back, the 20, the, the 2019 team also had a lot of points. So again, it doesn't mean everything. Um, and certainly when you look at what Seattle is doing, I think they're on 13 unbeaten uh, to start the season, which is an MLS record. Um, it, you know, it doesn't mean that something in the, in the whole giant scheme of things. Uh, but the LA Galaxy are third in the supporters shield right now. If, if, if we were 12 games into the season, um, would, would you be surprised to know that the LA Galaxy were third in the supporter shield? Yes, you would. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind as things go. And, and Aaron points out, I think Aaron is correct in 2012 and 2014, the LA galaxy had really good second halves and really poor first half. So, you know, there's sort of a steepness to these curves as they go. And if we, even if we go back and look at charts, um, and we sort of see, you can see those two teams rising up as you get closer to the end of the season, you can see the, the, the increase in steepness of that chart, which means you're winning more games. The steeper these lines are, the more games you're winning. Every time you win three points, that line gets steeper than if you got one point or zero points. Right. And so that's something to keep in mind that this is a good start for the LA Galaxy, but that's what it is. It's a good start. Um, by the way, uh, a little five dollar super chat from uh, from John. We appreciate that, John. Thank you very much. And uh, will give us five dollar super chat as well and says, Josh, where's the raffle jersey? Uh, where's the, uh, when are you going to raffle the uh, the jersey for charity? He's I think he wants my AFC Richmond jersey like I didn't jump up and down when it came in the mail today, like a little school child all jumping up and down. Super happy. Um, but this LA galaxy team in terms of numbers right now is a significant part of this LA galaxy history. Um, and you know, the LA galaxy still have a game in hand. Now that's going to start, you know, again, four games in the rest of July, you're going to start making up some of those games. So it's important, but it was a really important win too, because if you look at the standings and where everybody was, um, the LA Galaxy needed to win just to stay sort of where they were at. You know, Colorado coming below them, LAFC coming below them, RSL coming below them. Um, 
and Sporting Kansas City not playing, Seattle winning, you needed to keep going in order to stay pace with everybody. So I thought that was interesting, um, just the, the necessity of actually uh, doing that. The LA Galaxy in 2020 scored 27 goals in, what was it, 22 games that the, the LA Galaxy played? Uh, the LA Galaxy are just seven goals away from that. So when you when you think you're 10 goals and, you know, 10, 10 more goals, um, excuse me, 10 more games, because you're at 12 games now, 10 more games is 22 games. So if you want to match that, the LA Galaxy need to score seven goals in 10 games to sort of tie what that 2022 or that 2020 team did. Uh, it feels like they're above that pace right now. And we can look at projections of that. Um, if you look at the the sort of average we're at in terms of goals allowed, it's a little different. The average for the LA Galaxy over its entire seasons, right? Um, all the 26 seasons the LA Galaxy have had, the average is 41.7 goals allowed in a season, right? Different different um, lengths of seasons and a whole bunch of stuff. So you sort of have to take that with a grain of salt, but it's around 41. The LA Galaxy are almost halfway to that 41, and they're not halfway through the season. So that's something to watch as we continue to go through this as well. Um, games played to date right now, 12 games uh, played. Goals scored 20, goals conceded 18, so they're plus two on their goal differential. If we project that out over 34 games, you're looking at 56.7 goals scored, 51 goals allowed. If we just sort of, again, glance back at some of our other charts, um, you know, 50, let's see, I did, I did the wrong chart even. Um, so if we look at 56.7 goals scored, uh, we can say that 56 is above the 50 average. So the LA Galaxy seem to be right now on a pace to score more goals than their average. Um, and when you look at 2019, where they scored 58 with Zlatan Ibrahimovic there, uh, the LA Galaxy are right around that pace right now. Uh, with Chicharito, FYI. Um, so keep that in mind. All right. The other thing is, uh, if we go against the goals allowed, right, 51 is the projection right now. If we look back on our 51 goals conceded, right, 51 would be more than 2020. But there were also only 22 games in 2020. So the games per goal, that one doesn't really. So 51, uh, the Galaxy allowed, allowed 59 goals in 2019. So they're better than that. They allowed 64 goals in 2018, better than that. Uh, you know, you sort of have to go back to 2016, where they only allowed 39 goals. Um, so the 51 would be more than that. Um, still, the 51 is above average. And I expect that as this goes on, that LA Galaxy defense is going to get more and more stingy. Um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that and see how that goes. Um, just the points per month. Uh, the LA Galaxy have refused to lose any more than one game at a time, and they followed each loss up whenever they have lost with two wins. So we will see if that takes place whenever they play J July 17th. If they win, then that will be another uh, pattern in that. So the Galaxy haven't lost consecutive games this year, which is uh, saying something. Greg Vanny was sort of asked about it. He's like, you know, we played well in our losses. So to say that, you know, we would that we had to bounce back a whole bunch probably wasn't 100 percent true. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's always an interesting sort of view to take a look at. Let's get to some more news though. Um, I want to make sure that we cover some of the, some of the really interesting stuff that, um, that we got in, uh, in this week. Uh, first of all, we, we have to stop. We have to give a little, little shout out to the King himself, Mr. Robbie Keane, 41 years old today. Uh, Robbie Keane, uh, there's times in my uh, in my reporting career that I have uh, I think maybe taken for granted the people that were standing in front of me. Certainly, whenever Robbie Keane, David Beckham, and Landon Donovan were in front of me all the time, or when Zlatan was, you tend to be almost like get used to it. Watching Robbie Keane play was amazing. 
Um, and it's something that I think is, is, is something to look back on and cherish. If you got to see Robbie Keane play for the LA galaxy, you were a lucky person. Absolutely. So King Keno, 41 years old today. Uh, hopefully that means that, uh, with COVID somewhat restrictions easing and, and hopefully with, uh, with vaccinations still being, um, you know, a, a safer way to sort of go about and with things trying to return a little bit to normal, eventually Robbie Keane will get to come back and, and watch a game at, uh, Dignity Health Sports Park because, uh, I think, uh, I think it would be fun to have him there. Uh, so Robbie Keane is 41 years old today, which means that Robbie is older than me. Um, John's asking how much for the Keen print, Josh asking again, um, you'd probably have to sell one of your children, John. Uh, that's my guess. Um, so anyway, Robbie Keen, uh, 41 and, uh, it's, I kind of wish I was in the studio now. So we could sort of pan over so we could see Robbie Keen, uh, constantly. I mean, I am, I am blessed. I have the King like standing over me every single day as I go to work. Um, I don't know that everybody else can say that. So I, I think I'm a pretty lucky dude. So happy birthday, Mr. Mr. Robbie Keene uh, and the whole uh, Keene family. Uh, all amazing people. I think I met most of them. I met Robert. Um, I met Mrs. Keene uh, once as well. So um, all, all really nice people. So uh, that's it. Let's get some other news. Uh, Juan Carlos Ortega. Uh, I don't know if you know, we don't talk about the LA Galaxy Academy enough on here, and mostly because I don't have the bandwidth for it. There's just a lot of stuff to sort of get through and talk about and try to decipher and, and, and do things. But uh, Juan Carlos Ortega departed the LA Galaxy that was announced today. Uh, he leaves for a similar position with Tigres uh, down in Liga MX. Uh, apparently, I think if I read the article correctly, which I had to have it translated for me, um, if I read it correctly, he's uh, he actually played for Tigres. And so this is a little bit of a homecoming for him. Um, so that's kind of... Um, you know, one of those things that uh, you have to feel for him. I will tell you right now, the people within the LA Galaxy organization cannot say enough about Juan Carlos Ortega. Uh, I was talking to somebody today and they said he really came in during a time when the academy was a circus um, and, you know, he organized it. And so all of the advances that the LA Galaxy Academy have done, um, you know, really in the last two and a half years, you can, you can, you can look at Ortega. So, um, this is a big loss for the LA Galaxy Academy, 100%. Um, and so now the Galaxy have to find another Academy director. Um, I am told they are already doing that. They already have people in mind. This was not a surprise. Um, they knew that this was a possibility of him leaving for this job. So, um, you know, all in all, it was, it was I, I guess, expected. So the LA Galaxy are in a position to, to be quickly looking for that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, General Manager Dennis DeClosa does tap somebody from um, Mexico again, uh, just because... I think that with the Southern California, with with how close Southern California is to Mexico, with the dual nationals that seem to uh, pop up and into the LA Galaxy Academy, it it helps to know both sides of, of the border, right? Um, so I would expect that that might be the way that they are looking at this again, um, which I think is a great way to go. But trying to replace what Ortega did, I was told he's extremely professional, extremely organized, um, did a great job. So this is... A concern as a galaxy fan and understanding you the whole galaxy you know academy la galaxy 2 everything that sort of goes into he was in charge of all galaxy academy you know decisions he was the guy so when you lose him and when you lose a guy who's had so much success like that that is a problem um so we'll see uh exactly how the la galaxy replace him um and who they replace him with and hopefully we'll be able to to talk about that a little bit and patrick uh patrick paid his late fine remember if you show up to the show late you do owe me five dollars um he says i'm so late for this meeting that i should have to pay four dollars and 99 cents so patrick we accept your fine congratulations uh you're back in um so we were we were we were good and we are we're there 
Let's talk about the other big news, though. I have two more things for you, basically, and then we'll wrap up this show. And don't worry, I'm sure I can talk for another 13 minutes um, or so. Uh, Julian Araujo signed the U-22 uh, contract, right? This is... This is interesting. This is, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm not really going to break news for you, but I'm going to tell you that this is an interesting thing that happened um, to be able to take somebody like Julian Araujo and one to sign him in a position that he is in. He is being hunted right now by several teams from around the world, uh, probably in the range of four to five uh, from France, uh, from, from Holland, right, from Germany. Um, there may even be some England in there as well. Um, so the fact that the LA Galaxy even can get him to sit down and sign a contract that is going to extend for four and a half years, right? Basically a five-year contract when you look at it. Uh, but for four and a half years um, is a ridiculous coup. Uh, talking to people inside the LA Galaxy organization, they were so proud of the fact that they were able to do what they were able to do. Remember, the LA Galaxy have a history, all right? A history of losing top talent for free and we've seen that and here they go they go get i think the most promising prospect um certainly i i think the defensive prospects uh is one of the most promising defensive prospects in major league soccer um who is going to be in high demand um maybe not this summer maybe it's winter or maybe it's a pre-contract they find they sign the summer and then you know julian araujo goes but the fact that they were able to do that knowing that for Julian Araujo, he believes that he's getting value out of this contract for the next four and a half years, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's be very honest. The LA Galaxy do not expect, and Julian Araujo does not expect to be here for the next four and a half years. You can be upset about that, but don't be. Um, this was the perfect plan for them, though. Araujo gets the benefit of knowing that if something happens to him, he has a five-year contract, basically, that will pay him a significant amount of money. And with the U-22 roster designation, uh, the LA Galaxy can pay him up to um, $612,500. I think he was making in the 140 range. Um, I would expect it significantly more than that. And then his cap hit as long as it goes up, right? You could pay him six twelve, and he's only going to hit two hundred thousand against the cap. That's a huge benefit for for the LA Galaxy. That's how they can keep him. Um, everybody knows what the what the the play is here. The play is that you sell Julian Araujo probably in the next twelve to twenty four months, um, and you get a whole bunch of money for him, uh, and you use that to make your team better. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, then the LA Galaxy get to keep, get to keep Julian Araujo for five years. It's such a no-brainer. But to be able to pull that off, Dennis DeClosa, tip of the hat, sir. Um, that's huge to be able to do that. And with the rumors coming up that Efrain Alvarez is in line for the same thing. Now, we have talked on this show many times and somebody go, somebody always comments on my YouTube, you know, I can always count on this show to crap all over, uh, all over Efrain Alvarez. I'm sorry. Show me, show me something that makes me want to say that Julian Araujo isn't head and shoulders above Efrain Alvarez right now. And they're almost a year apart, right? So there's still some development to do and they play different positions. Totally understand whole bunch of stuff. Having said all that, if you believe in Efrain Alvarez as much as the LA Galaxy do, as much as the hype does, then signing him to a contract extension as well, two to five years, is huge as well. Um, and you can do it at a value, right? You can do it at a value where basically it's still a $200,000 cap hit. Okay? So you could be paying $1.2, $1.3 million worth of money to Efrain Alvarez and Julian Araujo, and they're going to hit your cap at 
two hundred thousand dollars. You guys, you guys down? Everybody, everybody understand what a gigantic advantage this was, and why having uh, Kevin Cabral as a as a young designated player allows the LA Galaxy to sign three of these players. Do you guys want to get into the weeds more? You know, I like to find like the real interesting stuff, the stuff that nobody else is going to talk about, right? I just told you that Efrain Alvarez has a bunch of suitors, and I can confirm that, right? Um, I know the LA Galaxy have been contacted by at least three teams um, about Julian Araujo. Did I say Efrain Alvarez? I meant Julian Araujo. Just, you know, when I'm by myself, my 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 mind sort of wanders. Um, do you want to know about Julian Araujo in the U22? Let's talk about Julian Araujo in the U22. Did you know, as the rules that are explained to us, Julian Araujo does not qualify as a U22 player? Yeah, shocking, right? Same thing with Everain Alvarez. At, at least there's always this like gray area in these rules. But as the rules are explained to us, Julian Araujo does not qualify as a U22 player. So you might be asking why and how Julian Araujo is a U22 player. This is, this is my favorite thing ever. Because MLS said so. That's why. Full stop. That's it. MLS said so. That is why Julian Araujo is a U22 player right now. The league has decided that in some of these U22 cases, and by the way, it's not just going to be the LA Galaxy. It's going to be everybody. All right. But they have decided this is good business for them. Duh. Right? Come on. You get to keep Julian Araujo, but you need to have him under some roster mechanism. Otherwise, he costs too much money. Right? And so there you go. Thank you very much. You are now, Julian Araujo is now U22. Efrain Alvarez is probably going to be a U22 as well. That's what the rumors are, and it, we, I sort of anticipate that. I think Kevin had sort of talked about that um, as well. So, um, yeah, it's not it, it's not a grandfathered thing in. Mike Gray is asking, is it grandfathered? It's not grandfathered in. Um, this It just makes sense, and that's why MLS is doing it. All right? I'm sure that'll rub people the wrong way. Maybe somebody will even write an article about it, be all upset about things. Um you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's funny, but Ms. Provino is, is hundred percent right. Um, when, you know, Dennis Tecosa talked about being in group chats with the rest of the GMs. This is something all GMs want. This is something that benefits the league. It benefits the players. There's nobody who's going to argue about this. All right. And this is different than, than whenever Miami cheats, right? Miami gave the league, gave the league false information. The LA Galaxy is doing, I'm telling right here, here you go. Here's all of my stuff. What do you think? Yeah, let's make him a U22. Cool. Aaron asks, can I be a U22 player even though I'm 50? No, no, Aaron. Mostly because you have no speed and you're really old. But yes, um, yes, that's that's what you're at. U22. All right. So that's 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 how that's happened. Are you are you glad? Are you glad you stuck around for that? Are you glad that you're going to know that? You're going to sit in the stadium. You're going to sit next to somebody and they're going to be like, what's this U22 rule? And you're going to be like, here, let me explain it to you. Let me just break this down for you a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's just it, it's funny. Somebody was saying uh, that they were sitting in their their row and somebody was like, what? When is this revolution guy? You know, I'm sure they were saying, when is this Ravel Ravelison? How were we saying it before? Ravelison. I'm going to have to unlearn unlearn all this thing. Uh, Kevin wants to call him King Julian, by the way, from the movie Madagascar. I'm trying to figure out whether or not we'll allow that. Uh, please leave your votes uh, in, down below. Um so, so that, but somebody was saying, when did that, and, and they're like re revolutions on the field. And then they went and they told them everything because we talked about everybody. Um, we, we helped you guys out. So what we could do, we want you guys to, 
um, to, to figure this out. Um, yeah, in the chat room, what I want right now, and, and the hammer's in the chat room, um, he says, what's the name of the GM group chat? So I want wrong answers only in the, uh, in the chat room for the rest of this, and I will, I will pick out some good ones to, to read on the air. I got one more thing for you. John is trying to make me fat, by the way. John gave me $5 for the Dr. Pepper fund. Um, John, I'm trying not to drink all my calories. I thought we went over this before. Only like iced tea and water for right now, and it makes me, um, it makes me tired makes me very tired uh greg asks and uh with a little ten dollar super chat thank you greg appreciate that did the galaxy get to keep 100 percent of proceeds of the sale of arajo as a result of the new contract i believe so um i'm so so yes is is usually what it is um but uh there's there's different ways that it sort of comes about and i'll have to get back to you on it just to to make sure but i believe that they do get to keep a large portion of that um, and so, yeah, Thomas says, so signing Cabral allowed us to lock in Julian and Ephra and their sale will in turn pay for Cabral kind of, um, in a way, technically they could not sign anybody in that third DP slot and you could still have three U 22. So not exactly a hundred percent, uh, transferred over, but because he's a young, a young DP, um, and not a regular de designated player, it is open for that. So that's good. All right. One more, one more breaking news thing. Um, and then I'll let you guys go. Uh, again, show on Monday back, uh, Panda will be back. So I don't want you to think we're not doing a show on Monday that this is just one of those weird off, you know, Hey, Josh is doing a solo show. I like to do this when it's real stressful. I like to just chill and do a show by myself because then I can, I can sort of, you know, figure out, um, how I want to do it sometimes, you know, whenever you deal like guys with guys like hammer who never, who never shut up. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to do shows sometimes you have to work around them. You know what I mean? Hammer's in the chat room. That's why I like to harass him. Uh, Mike is giving me $2 to the Mr. Piv fund. Is it wrong that I like Mr. Piv more than I like Dr. Pepper, but that I consider them interchangeable and I love them both still? They're like my children, but clearly I love one more. You know how that is, parents, right? Yeah, of course. Um, let's do it one more time. Uh, breaking news for you, the LA Galaxy. This is, this is funny because I see this all the time. Um, I see this all the time and it cracks me up. I know you guys think, and I think it too, I know you guys think sometimes you're smarter than the people in the front office, or you're seeing something the front office is not seeing, right? I, I can I can be 100% honest with you. Um, you don't see anything, for the most part, that the front office doesn't. Now, over the last couple of years with the LA Galaxy, we were probably right, right? Um, but I hear everybody screaming for a second striker, right? You all want a second striker, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? The LA Galaxy have been shopping for a second striker since the start of this year, but they had other priorities first. All right. And that's important um, to understand that it wasn't the top priority because they knew they were going to have people to fill in. Look at the FC Dallas game. They do have people to fill in. It's not always perfect and you're not always going to play a complete train wreck that, you know, FC Dallas is. Um, FC Dallas is is less of a dumpster fire than San Jose. But um, San Jose was like more apathetic. They just, they like did like FC Dallas still tried. And then San Jose was just like rolling over. That's the difference. Um, but the LA galaxy are searching after a second striker. Um, they have been for a while. Uh, the problem is they're up against the salary cap, right? I mean, there's not a lot of wiggle room in a lot of these things anymore. So, you know, people moving around and being flexible with that and trying to figure out the rules and stuff like that. Um, if you want to be in the front office of a major 
you know, a, a major league soccer team, just look, read all the rules and know them all. Because if you know that, then you can have intelligent conversations. And I have what I consider intelligent conversations with people within the organization all the time whenever we talk about rules and how you can get around rules and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like Gareth Bale. It's like whenever Greg Vanny came out and said, you know, Gareth Bale, that's an interesting one. No. Um, we've been telling you for three weeks. I know it came as a real shock when Greg Vanny was like, no. Um, and he was even like, what? Are we really? Is this a thing we're talking about? No. Um, so, you know, that's that's where it is. There there are a lot of rules to get around. You know, it's funny because um, whenever I talk to people and I ask about Gareth Bale, let's just use Gareth Bale for an example, right? Well, um, so are you guys interested in Gareth Bale? No. I wish. That would be fun. We don't even have any de designated player slots open. Yeah, but you could make a designated player slot open. You could get, you could sell Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah, we could. I mean, I, those, I, you know, that's like a simple example, but it's like that's one of the things. Yes, you could sell Jonathan Dos Santos. Absolutely, that's correct. If we sold Jonathan Dos Santos, then we have a designated player spot. But then Gareth Bale would play what the third wing that the LA Galaxy have. They have a one on the right wing. They have one on the left wing, and then Gareth Bale would be the third wing. Uh, okay, sure. Some of that stuff doesn't doesn't really look like it, it makes a whole bunch of sense. Um, Kai Kamara um, stuff, I I don't think the LA Galaxy are interested in. Um, I I will say publicly, and this is funny because I'm I'm being public and private at the same time. Publicly, I will say that that makes a lot of sense. I think privately, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think the LA Galaxy are aware of some of the bridges that guy has burned in places. I know he has a a link to dig to uh, to Cal State Dominguez Hills and to the Southland. Um, and so that would be fun. But at 36 years old, uh, I think that they're willing to sort of, that's not really the direction they're going. Um, so that's, um, that's my take on, on Kai Kamara. So I think there's something else. And I think they're trying to figure out what that is and how that works out. Now, that being said, I also said that there was no way Augie Williams was going to play. So, you know, could Kai Kamara show up in the LA Galaxy announcement tomorrow? Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's where we're going. Um, with that, uh, by the way, I think I got $5. Yep. $5 from Robert. Robert says white girl coffee fund. Um, and then asks, but do you expect a flattening of uh, revolution as soon as he has move in stress, looks for a home, um, experiences travel league, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think he's been running on some, some, uh, some sweet adrenaline, some of that sweet, sweet adrenaline. Um, and I think that, uh, I also say this though, I don't think it's going to like drop off a cliff. The guy can flat out play in major league soccer. hundred percent. He may, <laughs> we're going to, somebody said that he reminds him of Nigel DeYoung. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, pump the brakes on that. It may have even been Jared. I think Jared Dubois, former co-host corner of the galaxy way back in the day. If you're a listener from back then, you'll remember Jared. I think Jared said he kind of reminds me of Nigel DeYoung. He's not wrong. He's he's not a hundred percent wrong. I mean, less of a, a, a sort of you know international stature, obviously, um, than Nigel, but uh, tough as nails. Did you see him going after what, who was it, Yara uh, or Jara on uh, on FC Dallas? And Jara's like acting like he's going to be all tough, and and Revolution's walk just walking him backwards. Jara's jawing like he's the tough one, like he's the instigator. And Revolution's just keeps pushing him backwards with his body. Um, so yeah. That's that's sort of where we're at. Um, LA Galaxy don't have anywhere to play for the next 10 days, which is good. They should be getting healthy and we'll give you an update as we go. I expect that we'll have a media conference call um, next week sometimes, maybe even Thursday, something like that, um, to sort of get everybody ready for that July 17th game eventually. Uh, 10 days off uh, for the LA Galaxy. Um, 
because of the gold cup. So, you know, you can look out and watch some of those gold cup games and sort of see where, um, where everybody's going with that. So, uh, really when you, when you look at it, the LA galaxy don't play this weekend and that's it. They just play next weekend. Right. So, um, that's, it's really not that long of a break. Uh, Eastern conference, new England lost to Toronto, by the way, uh, Bruce arena had, Oh, such a classic Bruce arena response to so many things. Uh, somebody asked him what role he had a particular player in. He said, Shakespeare, we put him in the Shakespeare role. Um, so if you get a chance, uh, if you look at Stephen Goff, uh, the soccer insider from the Washington Post, uh, he posted uh, some 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 nice little clips of, of or, or nice little snippets of Bruce's uh, interview. It was great. It was great. So much fun. Uh, I love it whenever Bruce goes all sideways. Um, so uh, that's it. New England still sits at the top, though. The LA Galaxy did jump them in the Supporters Shield, though. So with that win and the 24 points, the LA Galaxy have a better points per game um, and one less game than New England. And so they are technically better than New England right now. I know it would be. It's kind of shocking though. Whenever you listen to all the all the the East Coast bias in Major League Soccer, and all they talk about is how good New England is, and blah 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 blah. Um, Western Conference right now, it's Seattle. Seattle's the 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 top of the league. Twenty nine points from thirteen games. They're thirteen games undefeated. Five zero and three at home. Three zero and two on the road. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is in second place in the Western Conference with twenty six points. Oh, the Galaxy could have got a point out of that. They would have been in some good shape right now. But the Gal- but uh, Sporting Kansas City has a game in hand. Galaxy and uh, Sporting Kansas City both on two points per per game right now. So tied in that area. Colorado in fourth. LAFC in fifth. They've sort of been hanging around playing some some of the minnows. Uh, so LAFC has been climbing up a little bit. That that. Uh, you have RSL in sixth. You have Minnesota in seventh. Uh, Houston in eighth. Portland in ninth. Tenth is Austin. Eleventh is San Jose. Twelfth is Dallas. And thirteenth is Vancouver. Uh, so the Galaxy coming up next week will basically have a weekend game against Vancouver and then a midweek game. So that's number 13, a midweek game against Real Salt Lake. Uh, Real Salt Lake, I guess, has a winning record right now. So if they would beat Real Salt Lake, it may be one of the first teams that they beat. Um, with winning record, but that's going to be the second game on the road in Salt Lake City at altitude. That's a tough ask, so keep that in mind as we go. Uh, Supporter Shield, one more time. Uh, Supporter Shield, Seattle, Kansas City, LA right now. All Western Conference teams. I'm pretty sure I heard somebody uh, who works for MLS saying, yeah, well, the East is better. So there you go. That's always fun. Good times to have. Uh, Aaron says, uh, Josh, address the point that we have no draws. I don't think the LA Galaxy defense has gelled enough to sort of get one of those ugly draws yet. Um, Just be patient. It'll happen. It'll happen. There was another season. I'll have to go back and look at it. Um, that like there were very few draws, and oh no, it was it wasn't that. It was that there were um, that were all draws. Was that 2015 or 2016? Maybe where the Galaxy had like 12 draws. Um, so anyway, that's, that's sort of where we're at. I think that does it. I think you should be, if you, you know, we're more than a third of the way through the season now, if you would say that the LA galaxy are in third place in both the Western conference and the supporter shield after 12 games, you would fall over clutch your chest and say, are you crazy? Um, so where they are right now is good. Is it an overall indication of how good this team is? I will say that the two good teams that they have played Kansas city and Seattle they haven't looked out of place outside of the game up in Seattle. Um, and that was a little early in the season for the Galaxy. But since then, uh, the Galaxy haven't looked out of place. So are the Galaxy a, a playoff team in the Western Conference? Yes, bet your butt they are. Um, you know, does that mean that it's all going to be smooth sailing from here on out? I don't think so. But Greg Vanny's doing something special here. Um, and it's it's something to watch. Uh, he's currently, as far as I'm concerned, coach of the year material. 
Uh, he has possibly a goalkeeper of the year in Jonathan Bond, who is absolutely dealing with something. I know Greg said, oh, it's just, you know, Knox and everybody's dealing with something. He's, he's beat up. A lot of guys are beat up right now. Uh, Julian Araujo has the bone bruise. You know, we have a lot of guys uh, who look like they might be coming back soon. So just keep that in mind. It is fun to watch them play. They play good soccer. They play pretty soccer. And they're getting results. I don't know how you could hate any of that. You can say Dallas is a trash team. They were. Um, having said that, Galaxy still beat them. Play the games that they put in front of you. Beat the teams that they play in front of you. You know, going up to Vancouver again and try to beat them uh, is going to be important for the Sally Galaxy team. Do it again. Uh, keep it rolling. So win the games you're supposed to win. All right. Uh, let's see. I think I think that's it. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm done. I've been talking for an hour. You guys have been listening for more than an hour. So um, what I want everybody to do is have a good weekend. Uh, Euros final, I think, is on Sunday. Uh, if I'm if I'm correct on that, so enjoy that Italy and uh, and England. We know which team Jonathan Bond will be voting for. Um, so uh, so enjoy that this weekend. You don't have to worry about ML, any MLS action. Uh, and then we'll head off into the weekend again. Show on Monday. Show on Thursday. We'll get you ready for the game um, that is against Vancouver in Utah. Uh, and I believe the LA Galaxy are going to stay in Utah for the uh, the two games that they have back to back the the Saturday and the Wednesday game. So uh, keep that in mind. All right. I think that does it for me tonight. So uh, let's let's move on out of here. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, please, have, you know what? Stop the presses. I forgot something very important. I forgot to tell you about our live show. Uh, we do have a live show coming up, um, and that's important for you to go. I told you, I told you that it was going to be July 31st. All right, I told you, uh, about what time? So it's 4.30, July 31st. It's at Taps in Orange County. Um, that is where we're going to be. Um, and it's important that you you keep that free. Uh, we're going to go from like 4.30 to 7, I think is what it is. I am already lining up guests. I already have some people I'm excited about. I will not tell you about them until we get closer because schedules change and all sorts of stuff. But we are going to have a live show. There is going to be beer. Um, it's family friendly. There is, it's outside. I, I tried to make it outside. So that way we could, we could do, um, you know, we could be as safe as we can with COVID and everything like that. Um, so that is coming up. So July 31st, uh, at four 30 in orange County taps in orange County. I have information about it. I will start sending it out. I will do it. I think we're going to, um, I think we're going to sell tickets to this. All right. They're not going to be a lot anywhere between one and $5, but I'm going to sell tickets to it just so I have a good idea of who's coming and so that way we can raise money for the show. So that way we can continue to do things. All right. So that is where we're at. So I hope you will. Um, and it's, and it's also my 40th birthday party that we're going to celebrate by me just talking about soccer and not my birthday. Okay. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's what we're planning. I hope everybody's excited about it and I will put out more details as we get more details, but, um, they have food, they have beer. It's family friendly. It's outside. We will, we will have a, a ton of fun. Uh, we had about 120 people last time we did it there. I want to, I want more, I want 200 people there. Um, and I really want to help taps out too, because they always give us the space for free. So we're going to go in there. We're going to buy some beer. We're going to have a good time. All right. So anyway, let's try that again. Now I think I'm ready. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course at galaxy podcast corner, the galaxy.com. We have video over there. We have recaps. We have a whole bunch of stuff, um, that we want to share with you on that website. So head on over to corner of the galaxy.com as soon as you can. All right, that does it. I am Josh Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. 
You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.